0: You're listening to The Spirit Hunters on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Check us and our new friends out at greenlitpodcast.com. Greetings, hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 14 of The Spirit Hunters. This is Joe.
1: Hannah. Oh, shoot. I'm assuming Megan.
2: Oh, my God. I lost my face on the page.
1: I'm sorry, guys.
2: Uh, your boy, Patrick.
3: And Sarah.
2: Hell, yeah.
0: Last time, the final phase of the hunter exam ended with Gon, Leorio, Kurapika, and the others passing and becoming certified hunters, RIP Botero. However, Kilua ran into some brother trouble uh, with Illumi getting disqualified and going missing. Convinced that he's been hypnotized, his friends set out to find him. Today we follow Gon, Leorio, and Kurapika on their quest to save Killua, while we'll also looking into the history of assassin clans, aka ninja clans, in Japan. You better get ready.
2: Bang.
3: Alright, first we'll start with Episode 22, A Dangerous Watchdog. Or in Japanese, Kiken na Banken. The Japanese release date was February 19th, 2012. Um, on Toonami, it aired September 24th, 2016. Manga chapters are 39 and 40, and their Japanese release date for that first set um, is February 15th, 1999. The 1999 anime episodes um, would be 32 and 33, with the Japanese release date for the first set would be June 17th, 2000.
1: All right. So uh, the episode starts off with our boys arriving in Dentora. They took a, like a, a Zephyr? What is that called? A, a Zeppelin. Air A Zeppelin? Yeah. Oh, a it's, Zeppelin.
2: it's an airship, mm-hmm. but airships hey, Joel, are let's hope It's not on... full of lead, though.
0: Yeah. Okay, great. So they're generically airships. Like, you, people okay. will know what you're talking about if you say airship.
1: Okay. Um, they took an airship to Dentora region of Pa... The Dentora region of Pa... Pa-O-Kia. It's
0: Padokia. Pado- There's a D. Is it... P-
1: oh, it's a D. Okay. Yeah. Padokia. That makes way more sense. Um, Padokia is what... If you look at a map of the Hunter universe or world, it looks like a misformed version of our Earth. or our Yeah, our Earth. And Padokia is, as we mentioned before, Africa. Wait, wait, is Padokia Africa?
2: It's like an upside down Africa.
0: Yeah. Uh, is it upside down? Well, it looks like it, it. Maybe, it's maybe, Africa, but you know, it's, scrambled maybe, in maybe, somewhere. Somewhere. maybe it was
2: South America that was upside down.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. South America's upside down.
2: Yeah, I I, yeah, I don't remember. I'm bad. They're, they're
1: just like jumbled up, like. United States is, like, directly below what would be Africa. And then, like, it was. it's
2: a very... Yeah, I'm I'm really bad at geography. I thought that Canada was the south of us.
0: To be fair, it's a fucked up map. So even if you're good at geography, you'll be like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. I'm definitely not good (laughs) at... It vaguely
1: looks like something else. Um, But uh, Padokia, or the Dentoro region, is very green and mountainous. Kukuro Mountain uh, looks an awful like Mount Fuji or Fujisan. Uh, but with a Wait, black is what, cloud is over it. that what Mount Fuji's
2: it? called? Fujisan?
1: Fujisan. Mm-hmm. Really? That's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. So. Yama is mountain. Fuji, a san just means respect. So any mountain, I think, name is, there's a san after it, like an honorific.
2: I was imagining, like, Mr. Fuji. Mr. Fuji. <laughs> Come yeah. And I, wonder, brain.
0: I wonder if it's also a pun, because the uh, onyomi pronunciation of Yama is Zan, Z-A-N. Mm. So Oh,
1: that could be a thing. Yeah, God, because Mount, God, the, the Chinese the Chinese <laughs> for it
0: is shan. So like oh. I wonder if the reason for the respect for the mountain thing is also because it's a cool pun with like the Chinese pronunciation for mountain.
1: That's actually very interesting. I never thought about it that way. I just always thought they were just being respectful to Fuji.
2: We should um, we should name all mountain. our we should give all our mountain names son or mister like call Rocky Mountain the Rocky Mountains Rocky son mountain
0: the Mister Appalachian
1: San.
2: Rocky San. Appalachian
1: son Oh my god
0: I am not in favor of Kilimanjaro son Oh my god
1: no <laughs> Okay anyway um but it has a black cloud so if you ever see Mount Fuji um I actually got lucky enough to visit Mount Fuji once and it it's not visible ninety percent of the time, just because cloud covering. So you have to be there on like a very clear day in order to see it. Um, but the iconic picture of Mount Fuji is like um, a low-hanging cloud, like thinly veiling like the big old mountain with the the white mountain top. Um, but it has a black cloud instead of that white cloud. It kind of reminds um, me of Death
2: Mountain from Legend of Zelda.
1: Death oh. Mountain's like literally red and hot, though, right? Well, I mean,
2: like that black cloud around the like the little halo of the black cloud um, around yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, when you look at it from far away, it looks similar. When you get close, they look very different. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously... So it's like a mountain, like a lava pit. Yeah, there,
2: yeah. there's no Gorons um, on this mountain. I don't think so, at least. Yeah. Or are there? I never Ooh. know.
1: I think Fujisan is a volcano, though, right?
0: I think it is. I don't think it's active in any way anymore.
2: Yeah. I think all mountains yeah. are volcanoes in a way.
0: Um. So I you know? know that some... I think there's a oh. distinction between mountains that are formed volcanically, a.k.a. they were formed by explosion versus ones... That happened to be volcanoes or were volcanoes because the plates came together. I'm not, like, the greatest geologist, so someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I know that there is more than one way that a mountain can be volcanic.
2: Yeah, like like I said, I failed at both of the Gs, geology and geometry, so... uh, Sorry, geology, geometry, and geography, the three (laughs) Gs. Damn. I totally suck. Uh
1: so, as we mentioned before, this sits on real-world Africa, specifically Algeria, specifically there was a more detailed version if you go to the Hunterpedia. Um, they take a very scenic tour bus, uh, DBZ-looking women, I to get close thing, yeah. to the mountain. Yeah. Um, to get close to the mountain, but two miscreants have the same idea. The two of them want to take a picture of a family member, reward money is a $100 million. Um who wrote the Joe or uh, Pat, okay. who wrote the JoJo reference note?
2: <laughs> no, no, no. One of them actually voices Avdol in the JoJo English tub. That's why I wrote it down.
1: Oh, okay. So it was funny. Um, There is a massive, assumed-to-be-decorative stone entrance and a normal-sized door. So, like, there's a big stone pathway, and then there's, like, a little wood door to the corner next to a guard gate. Um, that was kind of f- the profiteers... Oh, sorry.
2: I said that was kind of funny. I liked how funny that was. Yeah.
0: I also think Uh. it's interesting how Chinese the entrance looks, because, like, (laughs) a little bit of spoilers, but Kilo's family's pretty Asian. Like, there's something between, like, Chinese and Japanese. We'll we'll talk about that as we go on. But uh, it's weird, because I thought they were in Australia, so I was like, well, that makes sense. There's, like, a large Asian population in Australia. But now we're finding out, like, there's an Asian assassin clan who lives in North Africa. Okay, all bets are off. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But, like, as we know, other than New York, the geography and, like, the, the ethnicities of people don't match up with <laughs> yeah. what's really, like, going on, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, the profiteers rough up the guard, and he reluctantly gives them – he gives up the key. They go through the brown door. Mike, or Mike is it spelled if you want to say it in English, but they pronounce it Mike, um, is getting a little snack-a-snack. <laughs> um, basically, uh – the the scene plays out really comedically for like two deaths. Um, but basically, uh they go through the door all excited, they hear screaming, and then a weird dog paw hand thing comes out of the little door and drops off two fully clothed s- dry skeletons.
2: With their heads bashed in. Yeah. Oh, that was really funny that they just came out skeletized. It's like it's like you ever oh, yeah. eat, like you ever eat like a like a wing and he's just like put your mouth around just to get all the meat off. It's kinda like that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah it felt like um, a that mini- actually reminds me it's time to rate their deaths <laughs> i need to come up with a better intro <laughs> oh, man. Uh, in this segment we rate uh the deaths of our fellow comrades from one to ten
2: we'll have joe edit the wheel, wheel of fortune not,
1: wheel of fortune i'm not
2: doing that yeah here's deaths that edit. of
1: fortune spe- i speak um, for you
2: joe you're gonna edit that in
1: but so for these two unnamed thieves who have three <laughs> seconds of screen time and die off screen, uh, what would we rate these deaths, guys?
2: Uh, two out of ten because I didn't get to see how their skeletons came off like that.
1: Yeah.
3: Three out of ten because it was lame, but it was kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: That's fair. That's
0: a fair. It felt very Looney Tunes. Like it feels like in <laughs> yeah. those episodes of Looney Tunes where like something scary happens where like Bugs is like, Oh my god, I'm in a weird place. Like it felt like one of those things. Yeah, like, or where like there?
1: Sylvester would catch Tweety in his mouth, but like he'll emerge fine. <laughs> like two seconds later, <laughs> like, oh, we're good. <laughs> yeah. God. Um Yeah, I thought it was in, I thought it was pretty I think it was pretty skilled, so I'll give it a a three. Like, no, no meat left, no cartilage, no tendons, then somehow the skeletons were attached without any of that stuff, so, like...
2: Maybe, I think solid. I know why the skull, the skull, that, that bastion skull thing appeared. Maybe like, had a silly straw and just put it into the head and drank the brains out.
0: <laughs> Maybe. Every, Maybe. Yo, okay, so you guys probably hate it when people, like, leave lots of meat on, like, chicken bones, right? Yes. Okay, every time yeah, I there's go... there's meat to,
1: in between the two bones, bitches. Yeah. Like... <laughs>
0: Every time I eat chicken wings with anyone, if they don't fucking clean it, I'm just like, I'm never eating chicken wings oh, Joe, again. Oh,
2: I, I th- Joe, I thought you were going to say that you eat the rest of the meat off of it. I was like, oh, my Dear God. Dear Lord, no. What the fuck?
0: No, that's really gross
1: because, like, the whole thing has to go into your mouth. But, no, I agree. Like, I've seen some people don't like bones. Some people I, – I also hate people who get boneless wings because those are chicken nuggets, y'all. Like, get out of my face. <laughs> those aren't wings. I, know, <laughs> like, I, I, eat the meat. I have
2: trouble on the top of the bottom of the chicken – like, I always have tissues in um, those.
1: So, a friend of mine who did um, competitive eating taught me a way to eat a chicken bone. So, I'll try to explain it the best I can mm-hmm. for the podcast. I'm really worried about So, you take it a going. wing. So, you take a wing. You uh, take both ends of, like, the flat wing. Mm-hmm. So, like, the, the one with, like, the oval. Mm-hmm. You twist the bones <laughs> in opposite directions. Yeah. Then you pull out one of the bones. Yeah. And then you have, like, all the meat on one stick. And you just bite through it and suck off all the meat. Ooh,
2: yes. <laughs> I like it.
1: So it's a very, like, if you've ever seen it done for, like, competitive eating, it is disgusting because it's competitive eating. But it's also very efficient and, like, a cleaner way to eat meat, meat instead of, like, smashing it into your face and, like, sticking your tongue between, like, the two. That's <laughs> what know? I
0: usually do. That's yeah. What... Yeah.
1: And that
2: friend's know. name I don't is know. Kobayashi. Is it just me that people struggle eating the top and the bottom of it? Like, oh, okay. after you get the middle piece out? I don't know. I always have issue with the top and the bottom of the chicken.
3: Like
1: the cartilage? Just some
3: people like don't eat the top.
2: it. Uh, yeah, it's kinda of hard. That's to-
1: that's the best part, man. It's the crispiest, it's the best. most flat- gelatinous. Alright. Well anyway, other than chicken
2: bone eating. <laughs> One of the chicken bone podcast. Um
1: uh, so chicken the nice old bone. guard, Zebro, lets them know they are the first friends to ever come visit, but he won't let them inside. Mike has very strict orders to kill every intruder who comes inside. Kuropika uses his big brain powers to question our old guard friend how our old guard friend even functions. The guard reveals the key is specifically for intruders. The guard isn't a guard. He's just a janitor. The massive front gate isn't locked at all. The crew gives a comical attempt at the testing gates, which are what the big stone gates are called. Um, but Zeburo is hella buff. Um, is that Aura <laughs> slash Nen I see? He has like a little white, you know, he like powers up essentially. Kind of like picture like a thinner Goku version. He uses Homo. Um yeah. It's kinda like Master and Roshi-ish. Master Roshi, yeah. So he powers up um this old dude and then just pushes the gates, um, and he opens the first mm-hmm. gate, uh, which are two tons each. There are seven doors in all, and each set is twice as heavy as the one before. So knowing that math, how heavy is door seven?
0: Okay, Ooh. I wanna voice a question <laughs> oh, I oh, have. Hello
2: heavy. Yes. No, okay.
0: So I've been thinking about this, like I, I've never built a door. I'm going to preface that with this. I've never built a door. But Thanks, is the effective Joe. amount of force that you need to push a door that weighs a certain amount of weight actually that amount of weight? I ask for a specific reason because as far as I can tell, someone who's a carpenter or who has done more work with doors, correct me, but the hinges of doors I think are screws, right? And mm-hmm. so that means that they're effectively a like ramp that the weight has to go up at a certain angle. So while you do <laughs> have to... Like, produce enough force to do the work to move that same amount of weight, that same amount of distance, you are doing it over the course of like a more efficient surface. So, I think, say, pushing 2000 pounds would not be the equivalent of bench pressing 2000 pounds so much as whatever the mechanical advantage of that ramp would dictate. No, that it, makes sense
1: because my door is what thirty pounds, but I'm not pushing thirty pounds of weight every time I open my door.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
2: So but I, I think don't...
1: in this case, that's the thing.
2: It kind of reminds me. You know, you know, you know, when people can't do push-ups, they do like the against the wall push-ups? It kind of reminds me of that in a way, where you yeah. get more leverage the push versus if you're on the ground. If that makes sense, probably not, but
0: a, a little bit. I think more of the thing here though is the fact that it's going up in a ramp internal to the to the hinge and I'd be curious (laughs) to... Have, Are you
1: really thinking about the, the literal physics of this door that's animated? <laughs> I mean, do you want to
0: know why? Do you want to fucking know why? I want to know you if like. with enough training I could open the first fucking door. Oh
1: gosh, <laughs> could that's you push awesome. two tons? Well, let's see if you can push two tons in general. Maybe no, that I don't, I don't, maybe I don't maybe think I can like... push two
0: tons. I'm saying with the proper mechanical advantage, which is what I'm actually trying to think about. Maybe I could do it. Maybe I could push one of these doors. Joe, I saw his that poor truck
2: about. with his teeth. If you can't push up on the door at that point. You don't deserve muscles.
1: Well, damn. damn. You know what you probably could do? There's probably... You probably could just turn around, use your back to use your legs to push through the door, and that'd be more functional than using your arms like this.
0: You're right. Well, you know, with all this time we have in quarantine, I guess I should just assemble a two-ton door.
1: I think it would be... Two tons, and then, what, double that? Four tons, and then double that? Is it double, like four times four or it's 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 four
2: four times so it's gonna be two four eight sixteen twenty four thirty two sixty four
0: so
1: is that how it works or is it two times yeah
2: it's
0: two to the power it is how it works to the
2: power of two right yeah Yeah.
0: exactly well uh, no no it's two to the power of x
2: do the power. Okay, that. okay, so let's do the power. Anyway, that.
1: we're debating about the math, and Gon also <laughs> was like, or Gon or Leorio was like, that means it's this number. And Corpico's goes, like, Bitch, nah, it's this number.
0: And Gon. Hey, Joe, Gon
1: is 12,
3: and he said <laughs> in the beginning of the exam, Thank God there isn't a red section. I hate math.
0: <laughs> okay, oh I want to point out something that, like, fucked with me when i first read this because like Gon's like oh that must mean it's uh you know 12 tons or whatever and then kurapika's like no it's 16 but they were talking about the third door so i was just like what the fuck that totally oh, doesn't so two work. times
1: two four four times four is 16
0: no 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 no. so here's oh. where it actually got confusing because <laughs> this is why i started thinking about all of this it's because actually the door on that one is eight is eight tons but what they were actually measuring was the two doors. They're two doors of eight tons. So there's another two times multiplier, actually. So each door increases by the two to the power of X oh, per layer. But then God. there's another two times per doors. Fuck this math sense. problem.
1: Wow. This is, you know, a I'm nightmare. assuming Togashi didn't even think about it this hard.
2: He <laughs> was know, like, yeah, two multiplier to go.
1: <laughs> they're, exp- they're heavy, guys. They're heavy doors, all right?
2: <laughs> the door go brrrr. Um, this is like a DM arguing. Sorry, this is like a person arguing with the DM about how strong the door is. Yeah, it's pretty sad.
1: Uh, um, but Kilowa opened three doors when he came back, so like easy peasy. It shows um Ze- Zeboro struggling hardcore. Killua, in his flashback like pushes it like a bitch and was like, "I'm going home, bitch." Uh, I
2: like the I like the idea of him being super sad, and, like his head down, like you know pouting, and he's like casually pushes open the door and walks through, like I'm home, mom. <laughs> I'm stabbing you. Can I get some chicken or something?
1: Chicken. Um, So Gon wants to go through the intruder's door. He didn't want to come all this way to be tested. He just wants to help his friend. He's super stubborn about this. Um, Zeburo even calls the butler for permission, and Gon asks for the phone. Gon yells to speak to Killua, but the butler is uber cautious, just not having it. Um, so Gon attempts to climb the wall, but Zeburo caves and gives in. He'll accompany them through the door, the intruder door, but it's very possible Mike will kill them all. Gon finally concedes when he realizes he is causing Zebro trouble. And Zebro realizes this throughout the whole thing. He really respects and likes Gon, um, even though he's kind of being a brat. <laughs> but still. He only notices that, you know, what he's doing is wrong, or not not wrong, but like there's issues with what he's doing when hmm. he realizes Zobero Zebro could be in trouble or killed or whatever it would be. Um, so Zebra opens a testing gate so that Gon can see Miike for himself. Miike is a terrifying, massive hunting beast, different than any of the wild animals of the countryside. Gon admits he's terrified and doesn't want to fight Mike. Um Gon and the gang decide to stay until they can pass the testing gates. Um, the thing with Miike is very interesting, I think, is mm. because... Um, Gon has an affinity for wild animals um, mm-hmm. because he can communicate with them in some sort of way whereas Mike is a trained killer and like a train. he's just basically all he's thinking about is like food and like murdering people and like that's mm-hmm. what he's trained for and there's no way to communicate with that um, does anyone have any um, extra ad hoc things? I have something to add to
0: oh, that I have something yeah. also so, so okay. Miki is Kilua. Gon is Gon
1: Oh. oh, interesting. One okay, so socialized... recap on who Cone
0: is. Yeah, Cone is the animal that Gon was friends with back in the past. That kite saved. Uh, that kite was going to kill after killing its parent because the parent was about to murder Gon. But mm-hmm. so it's basically a socialized wild animal that still works in the animal kingdom, but is also friendly with Gon. So he's symbolic of Gon as this like nature mm-hmm. boy, basically. Meanwhile, like Miku is. Either what Kilua is currently, or what Kilua could become if he doesn't like socialize with other people and become like learn to be a human being.
1: Oh, interesting. I like that. That's interesting. It's actually very yeah. Um, Pat, what were you gonna
2: say? Uh, I had some some concerns and confusion. So because I don't know if the animal knows if the doors are open or not. But if Gon climbs over the wall and just goes over where the testing gate is, would he technically still be an intruder? Or would he? Would the be tricked?
1: He'd be still an intruder. Anyone who doesn't go through the testing gates appropriately, okay. I think is it's described that Mike will kill you.
2: And uh, I'm, like I, you
1: have to go through the testing gates like properly.
2: Yeah, and I want to make sure just that I can out of like just understanding. So he mm-hmm. opened the te- the doors for them, but they have to go go back and go through them again, right? They can't like kick him in the shins and make a run for it.
0: I think they could, but I think it's kind of like a, you're not going to make it much further if you try doing that, because there's other ways that shit could fuck
2: up. Yeah. I guess so. Plus,
1: plus they respect Zebro enough to respect his wishes and be like, <laughs> we're really just here to see what Mike is, and not, like, trick him and, like, run.
2: Yeah, I gotcha. So, like, he can't just hold the door open for them or something and be like, here you go, buddies.
1: He doesn't want to. Like, that's not the point. Like, he'll get in trouble if he does that.
0: It also won't do them much good because there's yeah. other shit that comes up later that so, gets in their way. So the, the,
2: the idea is they need the strength to open the door for what's coming to them in the future, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
2: Gotcha. So, That's a good way to look at it. So are we getting like a, a montage weight gain arc?
1: <laughs> Possibly.
2: Okay, Maybe. well if I, if I don't see Gon bench pressing, like...
0: Not a whole arc, don't worry. All right, well, if not... I don't
2: see him bench pressing something, I'm going to be very upset.
0: Patrick, you are going to be pretty satisfied, is all, I'm gonna say. all right, yeah, well, I am going to say. Well, I better
2: see some JoJo esque muscles on these people by the end of this, or else I am going to be sad.
1: You do see JoJo esque muscles on one particular character. Um, spoiler alert! Oh, I can't. No, 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 no.
2: That's all I need. It to starts know.
1: with a B and ends with a T. Well,
2: I better they better be ripped, or I am going to be very unsatisfied
1: joe do you know who i'm talking about
2: no
0: i don't but it's it's all good i can we'll see. i'll chat you i'll figure
2: it out it'll later. be fine awesome yeah. Well, yeah. anyways um, yeah i guess those are my concerns i was just a bit confused on it like i wasn't sure if he was like okay i'll open the door- gates for you or it's like i'm gonna open the gates just to show you that and now you gotta go back outside and open those fuckers yourself but I thank mean, you for clarifying kind of, they
1: can leave at any point they just can't get in <laughs>
0: yeah
2: it's like the reverse um, hotel california yeah, but yeah, yeah no, I, I was just i just want to be, clarify because I was a bit confused watching it, but... Makes sense.
0: Yeah. I mean, you'll find out more as you go through this, but this section is definitely the parallel <laughs> to Rescue Yukina. So gotcha. if you think about it in those terms, this is the fucking creepy vagina hand guy who shows up at uh-huh. the entrance of Tarukane's uh, <laughs> castle. I don't, but know the, the cool... I don't know
2: where to be concerned or terrified.
0: Well, except it's parallel universe, so everyone here is at least is at least neutral to everyone. and But in some there's way, no hand-vagina people friendly. in this
2: arc, right?
0: Yeah, there's no hand-vagina people here, okay, that's to good. my knowledge. I just yeah. want to make sure.
2: You guys
1: it's... are going to meet some of my favorite characters in this arc. One of my favorite characters. I really like Canary. Um, oh, yeah,
0: Canary. So. Is
2: that a parallel to the bird yeah. wife? No.
1: No, no. no, not at all. Gotcha. <laughs> You'll see and be like, why did I say that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, just canary, I was thinking, oh, maybe it's like the, her name. the Suzaku guy.
0: Nah. Oh, I wanted to, uh, clarify something real quick. Um, normally we would do the manga part here, but I, I wrote a note here. I don't really think there's much difference here, like, at all. There isn't.
2: I even looked, I was like, I don't know, there's not really much of a difference. Maybe they didn't, oh, the only difference I saw is they didn't show the bones in the trash can.
0: Oh, okay, yeah.
2: And maybe they didn't show the, the, they didn't show the, 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 uh, the mate, the butler is, is clear, clear. Showed them off or explained it as well, maybe. That's about it. Yeah. It's pretty much one for one.
0: So uh, let's jump to 99, which is not one for one. <laughs> so in this one, on the way there, Kurapika wears, like, a uh, unique outfit uh, that is very clearly... It has, like, Chinese... It's Chinese influence. Like, it has, like, the... You, you guys know the buttons on, like, old Chinese clothing that are really just... Uh, rope that's tied together and acts yeah. as a button. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has those, and it's red. And he like to to this point. This is the one time he's worn it. It's just mm-hmm. it's just here, and it continues the trend of him being ambiguously Central Eurasian. <laughs> so in this Love one, the
1: ambiguousness.
0: Yeah, in this one, they give a name to the DBZ looking woman, and her name is Coco Lu. Uh, which Random. if you well, if you say it with a in with Japanese. Oh, Co- Co- like Co- the mountain. which <laughs> basically just the mountain name. Almost, they just change the O and O's, and then it just becomes her name. So, Kukuru, Kokuru, basically.
2: Imagine being so, named after a mountain, just to have your destiny to tour it.
0: Yeah. So, in this version, the bounty hunters start by trying to dynamite the gate, and it doesn't work. Otherwise, they're pretty much the same. So uh, the guys wait outside after Zebro tells them to go away, and they wait till dark, and then a bunch of, like, mutant wolves attack them, and, like, Leorio and Kurapika beat the shit out of the mutant wolves, but Gon just befriends his, and that's what gets uh, Zebro to let him in. He's like, oh, you love animals, huh? Well, let me show you, Mike
1: <laughs> Wait, that's... And then, like, they don't have to... They just go in? No, no, no. Or like he's, they're just gonna see Mike.
0: Yeah, he sees Mike, and then he's like oh, he's okay. not they're not like the wolves you just tamed. It's a fucking monster.
1: Cool. <laughs> Got it. Okay, that makes more sense.
0: And then this is the point where the ending theme for the ninety nine version changes. Because for them they consider the season having changed at the end of the hunter exam, while for twenty eleven they consider it after this.
1: This season? this arc. Yeah. Interesting. That's fair.
0: So yeah, what do you guys think about the intro to uh, the Zoldic family? Like, you're not actually meeting members yet, but like you're getting an idea of the atmosphere. And I guess you met Mm -hmm. Illumi last time, and he kind of gave you the uh, hard knock course for who they are.
3: Uh, I really liked it. Um, Mm -hmm. It also, I guess, talking about like the setting of the world. It, I don't know why it keeps on surprising me about how modern it is in terms of like technology and also i guess like culturally as well just like having tours like it it, that seems such a very 20th century concept that Mm. in when i think of fantasy world it's like always vaguely the middle ages so it always surprises (laughs) me (laughs) that there's so much like technology involved
1: yeah.
0: They they definitely fucked up by having it start with a sail ship that make you think it's the fucking 1800s or some shit.
1: Yeah. I think the only thing I dislike about... Like, I know they, like, mentioned, like, oh, this is the Dead Torah region of this. But mm-hmm. other than, like, one area we'll see later, everything kind of looks like it could be in the same country. Like, without fail. Like, for me, I mm-hmm. think there isn't much... There isn't much to distinguish yet between the like between where we were with the hunter exam and where we are now other than slight geographical changes you know what i mean like it's a little woodsier but like it's not that much different like drastically so then
0: i think it's very much a japanese attitude from the late uh 20th century like the idea of like hey everywhere that's in the first world is pretty much like japan you know which is super incorrect but it it, it's it's the opposite problem late 20th century U.S. had where it's just, like, everywhere that's not the U.S., even if it's in the first world, is super hyper different. And it's just like, mm, yeah. th- there's something Aww. in between those two positions, guys.
1: Right, yeah. <laughs> That's fair.
0: Yeah, and so I think it's, like, one of those cases. And so it also suffers from that because, like, as Megan mentioned, there is one place that is highly differentiated, but that's because they're not part of the first world. Like, yeah. the place they go to, it's just like, oh, this is kind of North Korea. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you- Yeah, that is like the one thing, and you won't see it for a long, long time. Yeah. But yeah, otherwise, I actually really liked, um, I like this. It's interesting to get to know not just the family, but like the people around the family. Mm -hmm. Like Zebro, and then you'll see, you see the butler, and then I mentioned Canary a little early, but you'll see her, or him, her, that's a her. Um, But, you know, you'll get to meet a lot more characters, Mm -hmm. huh?
0: Him, her, bird.
1: Her. I just I wanted to keep it spoiler free, but I guess canary's a woman. <laughs> like, sorry guys. Well, um, she's not but... a girl,
0: but not yet a woman.
1: Oh no, basically. <laughs> <laughs> not
2: not touching that one.
0: Uh, no, that was a Britney Spears reference. Anyways, uh. everyone's favorite obscure anime, Britney Spears. <laughs>
1: Honestly, the older I get, the more that head shaving thing does not affect me. Like, I I vouch for her. I'm on her side on that one. <laughs> like, uh,
0: Yeah. We could talk about this another time, but the fact that she's in this weird, like, ward state because of that as a way to take yeah. advantage of her, like, monetarily is really fucked up. But yeah. uh, everyone look into that because... Apparently uh... she's like, a,
2: she's like a, com- a communist icon now. Or like a social oh, icon. Oh, yeah.
0: There's also that. I forgot about that. But yeah. <laughs> oh. Part of that probably has to do with her being like literally exploited by her family, but yeah.
2: Yikes! Well,
1: reassess 2008 Britney Spears, y'all. Yeah,
0: look into what's up with her. Yeah, let's let's not go into it too deep here. We'll just tell you guys to do the research because it's fucked up. Actually.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
3: And now a word from our compatriots and benefactors.
0: My name is Jonathan Dunn, and I'm
1: inviting you to listen to Our Three Cents, a weekly podcast where myself and two of my very best gaming chums are counting down our top 100 favourite video games of all time. For all the episodes and information, check out our website, www.ourthreescents.co.uk.
0: There are a lot of podcasts with comic book reviews and interviews with some of the greatest creators in the industry, but only one will tell you scientifically what the worst comic book of all time is. And the best. We've been ranking comic book stories for six years. We have a list with over a thousand comics on it, and we're adding more every month. Rock Rocket Ajax on the Greenlit Podcast Network.
3: Let's get into this week's research topic. It's going to be Assassin Clans in Japan.
0: Hey, guys. Some preemptive self-corrections for the following research segment, but Japanese warlord Oda Nobunaga was not at least publicly a Christian, but allied himself with Japanese and foreign Christians for political, personal, and tactical reasons. His son converted later, but I'm unaware of the circumstances. On the subject of Christianity in Japan, it was actually the Portuguese who brought it there, which is something I probably should have remembered, but my statement about Matteo Ricci holds true for China. With that done... Enjoy the show and our little research segment. Um, oh, yeah.
3: So, pretty much just a ninja. <laughs> <laughs> Ninjas.
2: You should really ask there a ninja. Are, of
3: course, there are very types of assassins in Japan, but they're not quite as organized as the ninja a Shinobi were. Um, so, these were trained covert agents or mercenaries for hire in feudal Japan. They are experts in... Things such as espionage, deception, and surprise attacks. They're basically the antithesis of samurai. And we're seeing in ninja were their methods were seen as dishonorable and beneath the samurai. And they, the ninja um, was first, I believe, recorded in the 15th century during the then Goku period. Um, so this was, I forgot what the translation is, very exact.
0: Uh, Sengoku's Warring States.
3: Warring states, you know, so these these either are popping in while Kagome was running around within Inuyasha. If you
0: guys see that frame of
2: reference. Sengoku is a really good game on the, the Neo Geo too.
0: <laughs> yes. Well real quick, uh the Goku part of Sengoku is actually like Because like if you look at the old name for China, oh. it's Chugoku, uh stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Um I think Goku like the rice, like the kanji for rice comes from the kanji from country, doesn't it? I do so know. No, do you am I might miss, miss missing.
0: Gohan?
1: Gohan's yeah, rice. Gohan okay. is a
0: one of the ways of saying rice. There's like a trillion yeah. ways. Yeah, um, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Gohan's like cooked rice. So
2: is that only cooked like, in UBZ are food based people?
0: Uh, yes, like undeniably, everyone in Dragon Ball Z is based on food. So does that mean um, it's
2: like the JoJo of food then?
0: Yeah, why not? Uh, but but I was gonna say on the the Goku and like country and rice thing, mm-hmm. I'm now wondering if the word is related to koku, which was a tribute of rice given to feudal lords during the time of like the Warring States period. And I'm now wondering if those are related, but I'll look that up offline.
1: And let us know, viewers, if you know the origins <laughs> between rice country and warlords.
2: Warlord rice, my favorite well, brand of rice.
3: In going back, so the ninja became active in two areas of Japan. So the Iga, right? Is that how you pronounce it? Iga? Yeah, Iga. <laughs> <Or> Iga. <laughs> Iga? Iga, Iga. Iga province. Yeah,
2: like Igarashi, Iga.
3: And then the, near the village um, of Koga. And the ninja faded into security when Japan became unified under the Tokugawa shogunate um, in the 17th century. And then around the Meiji restoration era, the ninja and shinobi became more of a topic of um, pop popular imagination and mystery. So um, they became more associated with, like, Stuff of legends with the abilities like invisibility, walking on water, and control of the natural elements. Basically, they became <laughs> what you would see in like popular culture now with Naruto and um, I, I guess the most, pop- the most popular one would be Naruto. So
2: I got you. So like it's like a, it became a mythological sort of thing,
3: right? So these are very much very real people who were, like, more, like, grounded, um, like, soldiers for hire, Um, but they became... Because they were so mysterious that there wasn't too many, like... They weren't out in the open like samurai were, so there was more... They had more leeway to becoming more mystified when, Mm -hmm. in, like, later... In later history and
1: culture. And, um... So, like... Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. More of a modern comparison mm-hmm. would be more like Shinobi were soldiers were like army soldiers in modern time versus like Ninja were like more like the CIA where they did things like covertly and like you didn't know they were there. Wait, until, you like, said
0: uh, Shinobi and Ninja. You mean Samurai and Ninja.
1: Oh, Samurai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Samurai were like more like like upfront soldiers who were like – you knew that – you you could identify them by headgear, right? Versus yeah. like a Ninja was like more of like a
2: like – a black ops?
1: in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but not like really hiding around, more just like infiltrating. And
2: yeah, or if like these, they were. If these feats they say are maybe like, like you know, exaggerations, like oh, they they mo- they move so fast in the water they were like running on it, or you know they were hanging upside down or doing something, or you know.
3: Yeah, like he could kill a man with rocks going in his ears without anyone knowing, or something Wait, crazy me? like that. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait
1: what, what's the what's the rock thing? Is that a real thing? Or? No, it's, no, it's
2: not. I'm just, oh, I was oh, just okay.
1: throwing out something ridiculous. So you so, know that would be a pretty good like slowly sabotage someone, like drop a pebble in their ear and like <sighs> infect them.
2: Yeah, <laughs> what the fuck? It just—it's like fuck. maybe it's like like the tr- It's there's truth in there, but it's like exaggeration, you know. Like, maybe
0: right. you know, there, pebbles. Yeah. There is that. Like, there's... Oh, uh, re- really quick. There's definitely some of that because the whole, like, shadow clone thing in Naruto is based on, one, people thinking that was a thing, like, mythologically. But, two, that's actually based on one of the ninja tactics was having, like, things of wood that they put copies of their clothes on and throwing them the other direction and running the opposite direction called Utsutsumi, which means empty cicada shell so it was a way of escaping oh. was to throw like sending disguises of themselves the other direction
1: oh so like oh the bush over there moved
0: <laughs> yeah it's like oh that's my shadow clone and by that i mean that's a plank of wood i put some clothes on
3: that is pretty cool
2: and oh, which is why some of the shadow a, clones in Naruto, at night you don't have to really do much work for it i mean you see a dark figure move and then in the night you know you figure oh maybe it's a ninja yeah, yeah. i
1: thought i thought i thought. Ninjas didn't work like that, though. Or did they? <laughs> like, were they mean? running around in black?
2: Uh, I mean... So,
1: I, they they could mm-hmm.
0: be. They might not be. Mm. Sorry, go ahead, Zara.
1: Oh, no. I think there's, like, some depictions
3: of them wearing, like, an all-black ensemble, kind of, like, the stereotypical V that you have ninja, but I didn't really see anything where they had, like, a set uniform, but mm-hmm. I could probably look more into it. Um, okay. So, with ninjas, there were two prominent clans... And so mentioned before the Iga and the Koga clans and these were both villages devoted to training ninja. And so they would be kind of like the inspiration in our hidden villages um, where they were all kind of remote place in remote areas that are hard to access um, usually by geography. In this case both Iga and the Koga um, were both surrounded by mountains. And because of these areas were hard to access, it made it ideal to develop the secret ways of the ninja. And unlike normal commoners or samurai who are hired to be spies or mercenaries, um, the ninja from both these areas were, were professionals. They weren't. They knew what they were doing. And <laughs> <laughs> they knew. <laughs> <laughs> So and they were hired by shogun um, to do their dirty work um, until the warlord, Oda, Oda Nobunaga, um, invaded the Iga province, and he just went ham and he just tried to like kill everyone. And the survivors fled, um, and some went to the mountains of Ki, the others went to the Tokugawa Iyasu, and he is the founder and first shogun of the Tokugawa shogunate of Japan. And so, under him, um, some of the Iga clan members um, served as his bodyguards. Um, there's one particular famous one, Hattori Hanzo. Oh! <laughs> so, Uh-oh. now I'll like, see the connections uh, possibly with Hunter Hunter there. Um, so the Iga and the Koga ninja kind of played, um, both played major roles in several battles um, for under Tokugawa to get dominance in Japan. And they also helped with a particular battle in Sekigahara, um, where the Iga acted as the guards to, for the inner compound of a castle, while the Koga kind of acted as the police force and assisted with guarding the outer gate. Um, And then another famous title, like Crispin, was in the Shimabara Rebellion. Um, This was in the 1637 to 1638, and it was when Christianity was starting to pop up in Japan, and it was causing people to rebel against the shogun. And so um, the Koga were recruited by Tokugawa um, in Mitsu um, to... Kind of fucked things up for the rebels, so they would infiltrate the castle, um, Hara Castle, which was the rebel hideout, and they would gather intelligence on them. So figuring out the layout of the castle, getting secret passwords that the rebels use, and even stole their food and supplies. And so with that okay. inner sabotage, yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like a some cheat moves that they were pulling here, but... <laughs> anyway, so, when it was finally time for the Tokugawa to take Siege of the Castle, the rebels pretty much were weakened considerably, and he even had the ninja act as um, spies among the rebels, so it was full sabotage physically and mentally going on internally, um, and the shogunate army was able to uh, defeat the rebels and force Christianity to go underground. And that's it. I I was going
0: to say, I think there's a couple interesting aspects here. Like one, it wasn't mentioned earlier. You mentioned the battle of Sekigahara, Mm
3: -hmm. but
0: um, that battle was the most important battle in all of Japanese history until world war two, probably. Um, because that is what ended the Warring States period. So the fact that the ninja were able to play such a prominent role as the guardians of, like, the future Shogun was, like, a major fucking deal. Um, yeah. I'm not saying you said it wasn't big. I'm saying, like, it is bigger than big. Uh, it, It's pretty crazy. But I think there's another interesting aspect here because notice how there is a... Religious aspect to this the the ninjas are not religiously affiliated, but the enemies in both of, in two of these cases are incredibly religious. Oda nobunaga Christian like was trying to bring Christianity to be the state religion of Japan um so he tried wiping out the ninjas. The ninjas got their revenge <laughs> by not only like being on the winning side of the Tokugawa Shogunates battle to win you know the Sengoku period but also then later eliminating all remaining Christians in like a a terrible slaughter. So I'm wondering if there was not only the political aspect of the Christians not having been on the same side as the ninja, but also if there might have been aspects of Christianity that would expressly forbid the use of mercenaries who were specifically non frontline combat, very reconnaissance and assassination based. And maybe there was an ethical question that they were not allowed to use forces similar to that. And that could have eventually led to the destruction of uh, Christianity in Japan.
2: Yeah, it's really interesting though because it makes me wonder if that battle had not gone the way it did, do you think that maybe the, boot, the 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 levels of Buddhism that's practiced in the country would have gone down if Christianity sort of prevailed in a way and hadn't been um, drawn into ground?
0: So it wasn't – so. I, I might not have um, stated this as clearly as possible, but Sekigahara was the ultimate battle of the Sengoku period. But the whole thing with Oda Nobunaga had happened a couple years earlier. Nobunaga was basically the guy who started the unification process of Japan, and then was killed. And then two other dudes fought the final battle of Sekigahara, who mm. one who was his from his rival, and then another was yeah. another Western. Like there was a eastern army and a western army and they ended up fighting the final battle but nobunaga was the one who before the eastern and western armies had kind of become a thing he was the guy who was trying to unify from the center out and then he got murdered and the two east and west sides kind of tried to pincer in and take over each other
1: yeah if you go to osaka castle Mm -hmm. is essentially shelled out in a ginormous history museum lesson um Featuring this battle and some artifacts and mostly mostly not real artifacts, just replicas and things. But you can see um, all that stuff.
2: Um, hmm.
1: And if Nobunaga, the names Nobunaga, Hideyoshi and um, Tokugawa sound very familiar, um, it's probably because those names have been used in anime very, very frequently. Just because of how famous those um, commanders and people were and important and influential in Japanese history. and Used culture. in the
2: video games, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. Lots of lots of incarnations. Um, I think it's called Nobunaga Nobunaga Concerto, which is like a time travel period piece um, about that um, period of war. Um, But otherwise, that's a little off topic from ninja clans and stuff. But I feel like I learned a lot about ninja. Yeah,
2: Yeah, no. Thank you.
1: Thank you, guys.
0: It's crazy how much they've just like permeated every aspect of popular culture. Because like. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but does anyone remember Pokemon Gold and Silver that well? Yeah, I do. There is one Pokemon
1: that looked like a little ninja.
0: <laughs> well, there's that, but I, I'm I'm mentioning it because, like, one, there was a poison gym leader who was a ninja whose name was Koga, but I'm pretty sure that in Pokemon Gold and Silver, when he became part of the Elite Four, his replacement was a woman named Iga.
2: Huh, interesting. Hmm.
0: Who was also a ninja. Cool. <laughs> oh, okay.
3: No, I had no idea. Well, when I was looking into it, I tried to do some background research, but clear, like not as in depth. So I had really no context of so, like Oda, um, what, how do you pronounce his uh, name? Oda Nobunaga. So that was really interesting to learn because like, I kind of remember from Catholic school a little bit of history of how christianity it was um so in japan i know like christians obviously went through a lot of persecution um but i had really no idea that there is that specific history so that's really interesting i'm trying yeah, to think yeah. what in christianity would prevent like you can't have ninjas other than it's not okay to kill <laughs> <laughs> i feel like well, that's the really. primary christians, christians would
2: say otherwise
0: so, there's a whole concept in Christianity where a lot of people over the course of years, uh, philosopher, Christian philosophers, talked about mm-hmm. the idea of just war and what oh, you could do that was yeah. considered a justifiable method of winning. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering whether or not what ninjas did were within the bounds of practice.
3: Maybe the secrecy behind it. Like, if it's not in
0: problems. the
2: front lines,
3: that it's underhanded. They're just be like oh. they're just a bunch of
1: Judases running around backstabbing <laughs> people. That's fair. Plus, yeah. like you have to take into account. I think I don't know where Christianity is rooted from in in terms of Japan. Um, I feel like it's from Dutch settlers. I it is Dutch
2: settlers.
0: Spanish. Um, is it? I think there. Might I know have... Dutch people were there. Yeah, Dutch,
2: Dutch, people Dutch people were settlers there, that brought think... documents over that were like Christian studies, and they traded no, with them. I'm...
0: So that's a Uh, thing, but I think there were monks... I think there were uh, monks who had come to Japan earlier than that. Like, there was a guy named Matteo Ricci, I think, who was an Italian mm -hmm. monk who showed up, like, a century earlier during, like, the voyages of exploration, like, Magellan times, and started Mm -hmm. converting people in China and then Japan. I forget if that's the correct order, but, like, people Mm -hmm. were already doing that, and I think the Dutch presence might have added to it rather than been the initial route.
1: Yeah. Um but I was thinking that in mix with Christianity's <laughs> culture of, like, just war, it probably had influence, obviously, from the Japanese, the rooted culture it was in already. Um, so, you know, the Japanese weren't fond of um, things that weren't honorable, in a sense. So it probably played influence to why ninjas were banned, um, in addition. But
0: yeah. Hmm. Uh- Real quick, I'm gonna say fact check me on the Matteo Ricci thing. He was definitely in China. I don't know if he ever made it to Japan or if one of his disciples made it to Japan. So just leave that for the listeners to look up if you ever want to look up Christianization of Asia.
2: Yes, let us know on Facebook or Twitter of our correctness of these the this, the uh, introduction to Christianity into the into Japan.
0: <laughs> the most the most important topic of all time.
2: Wait, um, don't we talk about anime on this podcast?
0: No, no. <laughs> only religious history. Fair. That's the secret. I've really just been tricking you guys into my new Bible study group.
2: God damn it, Jill Ooh. I didn't know this was
0: college all over again. Welcome to the goddamn haka show.
2: <laughs> the
1: goddamn <laughs> haka show. And with that, note yeah, anything that note. else anyone wants to add before we take it out. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, uh, yeah. who's
2: taking
1: us out? Patrick,
3: take oh,
2: us me. out. Yeah. I will take everything out. Thank you so much for listening to the Spirit Hunters. Please hit us up with questions or requests or just chat on our Facebook at Spirit Hunter Pod and our Twitter at the same Spirit Hunter Pod. If you enjoyed the show and want to find a way to introduce it to other people, give us a view on Apple Podcasts or whenever you listen. The algorithm determines our ability to be discovered and your view could press over the edge to make us the biggest podcast in the world. Joe Rogan, eat your heart out. Ooh. Also, <laughs> oh, Yeah, we're taking man. you down, you all Joe the Rogan.
1: bros. Oh my Joe. God. <laughs> I don't okay. even want to mess with the crazies who <laughs> listen to Joe Rogan.
2: Uh-uh.
0: Are we just ending episodes uh-uh. by calling people out now?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: all right.
2: <laughs> all right, so heads up. Today's music intro is made by Harmonio. Check them out at YouTube.com. Sash harmonio see you on the other side, and we're coming for you, Joe Rogan.
1: God, nope,
2: no, <laughs> we are <laughs> not, <laughs> Joe
1: Rogan. You stay where you are, you
2: wonderful
1: no. little buddy. Bye, <laughs> guys. Keep telling me about
0: jujitsu. Okay. Bye.
2: see you Bye. Bye, you guys. Bye, you guys. <laughs>
1: يصيب الأهداف يسعى دوما